Hello team and welcome to episode 360 of the Simply Fit podcast. In today's episode, I have the pleasure of speaking with Valerie Maxim. Valerie is a personal trainer, life coach, author, and mum of four. There are certain moments that happen early in our life that shape the way we live and make decisions for the remainder of our life if we don't take a moment to reflect and look within. The passing of Valerie's father at 12 years old was this moment for her and led her down the path of unresolved trauma for the next 38 years. Fast forward to today, Valerie has turned her life around, healed her trauma, and is living her best life in her 50s and isn't slowing down. There is a lot to take away from this episode, so get ready to take some notes. In this episode, you can expect to learn how Valerie worked with her children to help heal her family, why it's never too late to pursue your goals, along with what things Valerie does on a day-to-day basis to show up as her best self. So without further ado, Valerie Maxim. Welcome to the show. How are you today? Hi, I'm doing great. Thank you. I am glad to hear and I'm excited to have you on the show today. I obviously read a little bit about you and got an idea of your story, but I'm excited to ask you the questions and dive in deep. So before I do that and we get into the topics of today, can you give the listeners a little bit of a context about who you are and what it is that you do? Yes. So um, I'm a mom of four. My kids range from 20 to 32 years old. I'm a GG to two of two granddaughters. Um, I live here um, north of Houston, Texas, and I've been a personal trainer for the last eight years and also life coaching. And I just wrote my first book and going into public speaking. So that's kind of where I'm, I'm heading right now with my career. Amazing. And where did it all start for you? I imagine when you were younger, it wasn't the dream of being a personal trainer or there wasn't the dream of potentially being a life coach. Where did it all begin? What did you want to be when you were growing up? And how did you come onto the path of health and fitness? And then obviously life coaching, which you're focusing on now. So when I was younger, um, you know, my dad passed away at 12 years old when I was 12 and I was in gymnastics at the time. So that was kind of looking back on it. That was kind of my therapy, my, you know, my working out. I love gymnastics. So I've always enjoyed working out and that's always you know made me feel good it really didn't even have a lot to do with the look some people you know working out oh you look that way but for me it's more of a mental thing it's my it's my therapy it's my mental escape so you know when I was younger I had this goal of getting married and being married to the same person for the rest of my life I'm the stay-at-home mom I raise my kids you know kind of old school stuff we don't you know, it's not so much like that anymore but you know that's just how it my mind was that I was going to be the stay at home mom, take care of my kids. And then we'll have grandkids, you know, you know, that was kind of the thing, but life didn't quite go that path because I've had two divorces and, um, in both marriages, I was a stay at home mom. So I was fortunate. I got to be home with my kids, but at 45, 44, 45 years old, I found myself at my second divorce in, you know, being a stay at home mom and not working. That was like, Oh, okay, now I'm going to have to go work and go figure this out. And, you know, then really had to figure out what I enjoyed doing and realizing I'd probably have to do something where I'm an entrepreneur doing my own thing because, you know, even working an office job, I don't know how people do it on their own to pay for all, you know, life is expensive. (laughs) And so I remember just loving, you know, working out as a gymnast. So I decided to go into personal training because I, I enjoy helping people and I enjoy being in the gym. And so I started my own personal training business. And that's what I started doing about eight years ago. And that led me into competing, you know, doing bodybuilding. That was my therapy and everything else just kind of evolved, you know, as I've been on my path, I'm, 
a believer, you do one thing and that might lead you to something else. Doesn't mean necessarily because you're going down this path that that's your end all, but it's it's a stepping stone to when you're open to other things. So I believe personal training was my stepping stone, you know, to lead me to where I'm going now, which I would have to say I've always been like a life coach. I've always been an encourager to people. I've always believed in them before they believed in themselves. I've always been one to see the good, the positive, uplift, encourage, you know, that's just a natural gifting I've always had. So about when I did divorce eight years ago, I went ahead and got my life coaching certification through a John Maxwell program. But at that time, I didn't feel ready to really jump in and do it. You know, I was comfortable personal training and I'm like, okay, well, I haven't worked through my stuff yet. So I'm not really wanting to full on do it. So it's been there. I've taken the classes. I've studied a lot of, but taking classes too from Tony Robbins, just lots of people over the years. I just continue to be a step, you know, studying like every single day I'm listening to things working. And about two years ago, I decided to jump in and do, you know, life coaching uh, alongside my personal training. But now I'm ready to you know, just take another leap and really get into, I'll be starting my second, I did publish a book in October of 22 and I'm writing a second book. I've written a life coaching program as well called Who Am I? So I'm just really liking the personal development side of things. Yeah. So it sounds like it's been a pretty incredible journey so far. And you mentioned a couple of years ago, you said that you weren't ready to dive into life coaching just yet because you still had a lot of your own stuff to sort out. What did that process of healing yourself and working on your own stuff before going out and helping people look like for you? There are several things I can answer there to that. So in my process, my kids need a lot of healing as well. And so when I did start life coaching, I asked my kids if I could, this would have only been two years ago. So my kids would have been 18 to 30 years old. I had four of them. So I asked them if, and only one lived at home. So the other ones we did through Zoom. And I asked them, I said, you know, I'm going to, I want to really go full on life coaching, but I want my family healed. I want my kids healed. I want to know that at least, you know, I've worked, started at home first and then I can go out and help people. And so my kids all said yes. And so I had different nights that I would Zoom and I would life coach with them. And I would just go through my program, go through different things and give them a safe space to talk and to share, you know, things that they went through when they saw their mom as a person who had zero self-love, didn't know who I was, had panic attacks every day, anxiety, depressed, like all those things like that. They saw how I was in the relationships I was in to the person that I had become. And, you know, also realizing the how the things that I did at the time when they were growing up, how it affected them because they just didn't say things to me, but they were hurting. And then they, I had one son that got into drugs and alcohol and jail and all kinds of stuff. And my other son went down another path and in through life coaching and through coaching them, I learned a lot because my one son said, you know, my only option was prison or the graveyard because he said I was hurting so bad inside by watching you by watching you um, and I couldn't fix you and I couldn't help you. And it hurt me so bad to see how much you were hurting that drugs and alcohol were the only thing that would even kind of, you know, help the pain that I was feeling. And I didn't even realize, you know, as a mom, you want the best for your kids and you, you know, you want everything for them. And, and I thought I was giving them everything that I could give them like in, in um, monetary value or in, in things but they needed to see their mom was happy and loved and in a good place. And, and I didn't realize that. So going through this journey of when I said I needed to heal and go through things with each of my kids, you know, it's amazing when you can provide a safe place for them to talk and there's no judgment. And 
and I would just be quiet because there's a lot of times you want to step up and say, no, that's not how it happened. But that's how they perceived it. Right. And so if somebody perceives something to be a certain way, because, you know, there's four kids in my family and they all kind of went through the same things. But each of them have a different experience they'll share with you. And you'll be like, OK, wait, we're all four of you in the same right. thing. But we do. We, we take things differently from. So you have to let your kids heal on the level where they're at. Cause so I couldn't come back in and say, no, that's not how that happened. No, you're wrong. I'm going to call your brother. And that's not because that wouldn't help him heal. Right. So I had to just be quiet and really listen and let him share his feelings and his frustrations and his, his hurts and stuff. And, and be there to, you know, just tell him, you know, I'm sorry, there's nothing I can do to fix the past, but I promise from here forward, I will be, we, you know, changes will I will be better. I will be more mindful on things that I do in my decisions. And I have to say, you know, all of my kids are doing well. They're all doing well in their jobs, their relationships, their um, just their everyday life. Is life perfect? No, we all have things we battle with, but my kids are all in a great place. So I, I couldn't be happier. And and they're all behind me. So it feels good. You know, mom, we, we you know, we we're there for you. We're supporting you. So now we're all on the same page. And and they're so happy that now I'm out helping people and, you know, doing what I love doing. But I feel better doing it knowing now at least my home base is is at a good place, you know, and, and now I can go out and share and help other people. 110%. And it's super commendable to take, A, that responsibility because of you weren't the only parent within that family unit and you were the one who went and did that work and it's one thing to maybe send your kids to a life coach or a psychologist and it's another to take that on yourself and obviously hear all of their traumas and you're also not only taking it on as a life coach you're taking it on as a mom so I think it's uh, really really impressive and it's not it's a very unique story as well I've never heard someone do that before <laughs> so it's, it's pretty damn incredible yeah. I had no idea how it was going to happen you know when you get on there like okay are they gonna are we just gonna yell and cry or like what's gonna happen but you know, I, I really came in it with the mindset of, okay, how would I do this if I was really their life coach, not their mom? I want to separate it to see, you know, how would I coach them through this? And so um, now they call me. My one son's married. I have a six-year-old granddaughter and him and his wife, they will both call me when they have anything going on. They think it's funny. Okay, what would you do? You know, they want to they know. So it's it's really nice that, you know, they'll they'll come because as a life coach, I don't tell people what to do. You know, I don't, I, I'm not going to just sit, I'm going to listen and I'm going to ask really good questions to provoke you to think and for you to answer your own questions. And in that process, people get their own aha moments. And they're, I believe nine times out of 10 more likely to, to stay with it and it will stick and the change will happen because they came up with the, the solution and they're like, oh, yes, okay, that's why. Then if I were to sit there and tell them, oh, well, you should do this because this is what works. But what I've learned is we are all unique. And what works for you might not work for me, might not work for the next person. So you really have to be very realizing that we are all individually made. We have different core values. We have different upbringings. We had different impressionable years. We have all so many different things that we come you know, to the table with that we're not going to find the end result or what works best, um, I think in just something common, everybody I feel like is so different. And I like to, when I do coach people, I have my framework, but yet it's a framework of what we're going to talk about, but it always goes down different paths. And I would even think, you know, it's, it's very exciting. It's like this onion of, of layers coming off and you never know when that's going to happen or how, or what question is going to spark something that's going to really be that main aha moment to, um, you know, to 
to their life. And when in life coaching over the last eight years, I've life coached myself. I know that sounds funny, but as you're learning, you know, I'm very much wanting to also turn around and look at myself and say, okay, you're, you're trying to do this life coaching. These are things you're going through, you know, and then I'll ask myself questions, you know, I've, I've been through three, I would say three relationships in my life that they were very traumatic. And I had to, the bigger question was, you know, you can sit here and talk about, it and I can share with you all that I've been through and you could be, oh my gosh, that's so terrible. But at the end of the day, the bigger question for myself was, why did I allow it? Why did I allow what I allowed for that long in three different relationships? Because somebody's the common denominator here, and that's me. So that was, for me, the biggest question that I had to ask because I know I don't want to ever play victim mode. I don't ever want to have victim mentality. I want to, you know, rise up and conquer and, and you know, live the best life that I can possibly live. And so... In doing that, I don't ever, you know, want to play, you know, play the blame game. And I had, like I said, I had to realize that I was the common denominator. So I had to work on myself and I had to fix me. And, you know, so it's just been this journey of these aha moments and these patterns. You, you create patterns in your life. So what I was going to say by all that was one of the things that I realized in coaching myself was my dad dying at the age of 12. I was 12. I was the last person with him. He was home from the hospital. He had leukemia. I, I helped him to get to the bathroom. He fell. He bled out. I ran to my bedroom, screamed. My mom came in there. She didn't know I saw all that. The next day, we never spoke about it. So she never knew I saw it. Nothing ever happened, you know. And and so life just went on. And I began to immediately start having panic attacks in sixth grade in school. Didn't know what that was. So I felt like I was some freak. And so I withdrew. I became quiet. I... Then you're labeled as shy and quiet, and then you, you kind of are the outcast. You're not with the... So it just led to a very unauthentic life because I didn't heal from that. But what I realized by not healing and by not taking the time to heal, I created patterns in my life. So when I wouldn't be treated the right way by a man, whatever that was, I mean, it could be as, as much as all the way to them cheating on me. I would immediately be like, well, where are we going to dinner? What are, what are we, let's, let's go on vacation. Let's do this. Like immediately would brush anything under the rug that was traumatic because I subconsciously learned at 12 years old with my dad passing that when something bad happens, we don't talk about it. It's like, it didn't happen. The next day we just move on. It goes under the rug and we feel like, okay, life just goes on. I'm not going to, I'm not going to address that. I'm not going to deal with that. I'm going to live my life. And then we get to me, like I'm 52 years old and you get to 50 and you're like, wow, I, I've only existed every day in my life. I've never lived life. I've never, all these patterns, why all these bad things? Why? And then when you have to, you know, you take time to invest in yourself, like I did with life coaching, I was able to unravel a lot of this and, and, and realize, oh, okay. So you had no self-love and by not having self-love, you had no boundaries. So how these men would treat you, you just took it because the crumbs were better than nothing. And you see this whole thing creates patterns. And so at some point in time, what I'm trying to say by this is if if somebody's, you know, been through things and you decide you're just not going to heal from it, you're just not going to address it. For me, from my experience, I would say that's the worst thing you can do because it doesn't just go away. You might think it does, but it leads into other things. It, it rolls over into other areas of your life. And then you might be wondering, you know, well, why do I always attract this kind of man? Why can't I have this kind of break? Why can't I have that in my life? And you can, you know, but it does take some time sometimes to figure out, you know, what's holding you back and 
and um, you know, in, in going from there with it. Yeah, I think once you realize that you are common denominator every time and you start to take responsibility for that, you stop placing the blame on other people, your life opens up in a way unlike any other, right? It's like you mentioned, it's those patterns. Mm -hmm. And once you start to see them, you know, initially there might be some resent, there might be some anger towards your past, towards certain situations, certain people. But once you come to that place of acceptance and you move forward with it, you know, like, well, actually, you know, none of this was my fault but it is my responsibility and then you move forward with that mentality you know the life changes completely Absolutely. and that sounds like the example for you you're able to just take on board what happened none of it was fair it's extremely unfortunate to lose your father at 12 let alone witness his death as well and it's not fair whatsoever but you would decided then to be empowered by the realization of that and move forward, which is what I want people to take away from that because if the path might not be nice at all, but it doesn't mean it has to be your path forever. You've just got to take those patterns, you've got to take those learnings and then move forward in the direction that you want to. And as you mentioned, it's almost like I went through a little bit of that like some years ago and it's almost like you've been going through life with your eyes closed and then someone just like pulls them yeah. wide open. You're like, oh, wow, like yes. there's a new life yes. here, right? Yes, absolutely. And I, I never really realized that, you know, you hear these things like you get to create your life and, you know, you just kind of don't really think about that, but you do get to create your life. You do have a lot of say in, in the things, you know, the life that you want to create, but, you know, you have to also know who you are. And that's why the one program I wrote is called Who Am I? Because if you don't really even know who you are, it's hard to, to know where you want to go in life, right? And so, I like to tell people you're number one, you're, you're your longest relationship. So, so you should invest in yourself to know who you are. And two, any relationship you have, whether it's with your kids, your friends, your spouse, whoever you're dating, it's going to be an extension of the relationship you first have with yourself. So if you don't have that self-love, how do you, you can't, you know, you can't give what you don't have. So when you don't even know who you are, it's really hard to find self-love. I talk to so many people and it's like, they'll, they'll say to me, don't, don't ask me who I am. <laughs> and it's funny because they don't want that question because I, you know, they, they want to tell me what they do. You know, I'm a nurse, I'm a teacher, I'm a mom, or I own these many homes or this many cars or, you know, we do, but no, but when you take that away and, you know, if everything was taken away, like, who are you? Like, who are you to your core? What are your core values? You know, what do you stand for? What's important to you? You know, just really breaking it down and, and getting to know know. And, and that's what I've done the last eight years. And it's been a journey. And I'm really glad I've taken the eight years because when I divorced eight years ago, I was ready in six months to find someone to get married to. Like, I'm like, okay, I need, I got to find some, I've never been alone. I mean, at 18, pregnant, married, six months, divorced, married again, you know, I've never lived on my own. So I just... I just took on whoever I was with, whatever their hobbies were, whatever they liked. You liked to, whatever it was, you like swimming or you like tennis or you like golf. You just kind of, you know, oh, okay, you know, then you all of a sudden have an interest in it when maybe you really don't just because you don't even know what your own interests are. So it's been a great journey this last eight years to get to know myself. And I never thought possible that I could get to a point to just have so much peace and so much love and so much happiness for no reason. I mean, you know, I'm just waking up and I'm just because I'm just thankful to be here. I'm just thankful for life. This, even when things come at me, even when things, because life's not perfect. My life is no more perfect than anybody else's. I still have the same battles and trials. But when you have a foundation of who you are in self-love, when those battles and trials come, I have found that it's so much easier to get through them. And we don't take on other people's, you know, 
thoughts of us, perception of us. Maybe they don't like us. Maybe you're dating someone and they break up and you find your value in that. And now your life is over, which it really isn't. But I've been there. I One relationship I was in, it took me two and a half years to get over that. I wouldn't even think of going on a date with somebody else. Like I would dissect it and try to understand it and, you know, why that happened. And, you know, you just get caught in this rut because there was no self-love. There was, I was just trying to have closure and figuring it out. Well, what did I need to change? And, you know, at the end of the day, now, whenever things happen or things come my way, yeah, it doesn't mean I'm not going to be sad or, okay, you know, that didn't work out how I wanted it to. I'm able to bounce back so much faster because I know my value. I know my worth. I know what I bring to the table. I know who I am. I know my self-love. And so I just have to say, you know, when somebody can take the time to invest in themselves and just get to know yourself, even on the smallest level, it literally changes, in my opinion, just the whole trajectory of your life because you start seeing things and realizing things and I can do that and wow, that's not impossible. And okay, I'm not too old. And we we break down those limiting beliefs that you think you could never do something, but you can. And and then when you start having that little breakthroughs and little, you know, moments of you're having these little victories that your confidence starts getting built. And, you know, the sky's the limit. You're never too old to achieve any dream that you desire to achieve. Like with bodybuilding, I desired to do that back before I got married at 18 years old, 17 years old when I was a gymnast. I just love that. And it was never something that I could do at that time. So my first time to get on a, on a stage, I was, I think I was 46 years old. So imagine like you would think by 46, if you want to do something at 18 and you're thinking, okay, 46 to get on a stage in a swimsuit and compete in front of people. I think not, <laughs> you know, like I, that, I, I'm too old for that. I'm too old for that. Right. But I will have to say the last um, five years of competing, that has been my therapy. Every bodybuilding show I've done over the past five years, I have had the biggest breakthroughs. So for me, that was my hobby. That was my therapy. I, you know, I addressed my dad's death when I was 50 years old. I went to his grave at 50 years old. So imagine from 12 to 50, I didn't address it 38 years. I just pretended like he just, I just pretended like he just left me. He just left, you know, he's, he's somewhere. He just left. I didn't even I didn't even, I was angry that he left. I'm 12, I'm 13. I need my dad. Like my mom never worked. He's the one that made the money. Just a lot of things came when he passed that was just traumatic. And so I was very angry. Like I didn't even want to talk about it. Like it was like, I'm not going to his graveside. I'm not talking about it. Like he left me and, and that's, that's about it. You know, we're not even going to discuss it past that. And so when I was going through these bodybuilding shows, I had a, a, a photo shoot after a show, right? Maybe five miles from my dad's cemetery is that. And something kept telling me it's pouring down rain in Houston, thundering, pouring down rain. Something kept saying, you need to go stop by the cemetery on your way home. Like, oh my gosh, this is not a good idea. First of all, it's pouring down rain. And, you know, but some for some reason, I just, I pulled in. And the second my tires hit that property, tears flooded out of my eyes. Like I have never cried in my entire life over anything, anybody ever. I don't even know where it came from. It's like, you know, like you're saying, you can think that you, you don't want to heal and you want to hide it. It's still in there. Like, and that showed me that the second that my tires hit that, that all those tears, I'm like, oh my goodness, that emotion was stored somewhere in my body because I had no idea that was even in there. And it was just, you know, then, then the whole process of trying to find his gravesite, and, and I didn't want to call my mom and ask her because my ego was too big and my pride. And I didn't want her to know I was down there because I wasn't going to, so I had to call her, had to find it, you know, it was this whole process of. You know, then when I got there, I just sat out there and talked to him for like an hour with the umbrellas pouring down rain. But the healing that took place when I was there is probably 
the most heal the, the moment that I've had the, the most healing ever in my entire life from like it, it literally sealed and it showed me just a lot of the things in my life with my patterns and things that I created and belief systems about myself that were not true, but I had believed that were all tied from him leaving that I needed to address and heal from. So all the things that I struggled from all the way from my value to my worth, to all my confidence, everything tied back to that 12 year old girl that I never healed from, you know, that I didn't take the time to heal. So I was 50 and I'm, you know, I'm so thankful I did it. I'm so thankful that, you know, even though at my age, I still was able to say, okay, it's, it's better later in life than never. Right. So in the freedom and in, in the happiness and the joy that I can't even explain that came from that, just from that single moment of going down there for that hour and, and, and talking and healing and just letting all of that go. And now realizing, you know, he didn't just leave me. Like in my head, I was angry that he left me. Like he abandoned me. He left me. And then you'd have abandonment issues and other relationships and things. And all that's gone. Like I don't have, I, I just feel free. I feel like I'm just, I'm free. It's like, it was just a great um, moment to, like I said, invest in yourself. And when you do that and you work through your stuff, you're, you, what's on the other side, you have no idea. I had no idea by doing this that I could have this, I could feel this good. I could have this much clarity. I could have this much confidence. I could have my worth, my value, my self-love. I, I would have done this earlier had I known that this is where it would have got me to. I bet. And I love that story even more because you didn't do it any earlier. You know, you reached the age of 50. As you mentioned, those 38 years where you went through life having not healed something enormous, right? And you then created your own acceptance. You then created your own conclusion to that story and was able to close that chapter and then able to move forward with the freedom that you created for yourself. But I see so many people, young, old, middle-aged, you know, wherever they are in their life, avoid going back. They avoid doing the work. They avoid facing the reality of what they need to face in order to break through. And I want to ask you the question when you personally did it and also with the clients that you work with, how do you get them to that place to be brave enough to face the things that they really don't want to because it's not an easy journey in order to create the life that they truly want? You know, there's a, there's a lot to that. So first of all, when someone comes to me as a life for life coaching, they're usually at the place that they're wanting to, you know, go from A to, you know, to be, they're wanting to go from where they are today and, and, and reach that goal. So they are more open to, okay, what do I need to do? And secondly, when you create such a safe space for an hour once a week for this person to come to and talk, many people never, I'm realizing more and more, many people don't have that safe space to just go talk whatever comes off, you know, the top of their head in um in hear themselves out in 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 having somebody there that's non-judgmental yeah who they can trust know, ultimately not going right? to repeat anything it, it's a very safe place right so it does take a few sessions sometimes to feel that trust and that vulnerability and then when they get there that's whenever i mean some of these people will come to me and said i would have never ever i i don't i've never opened up about this to anybody not my spouse not my pet nobody and i just opened up to you like that comes because it just takes that time like i said to build that trust to for me to provide that safe space for them and it's just it's a process so every single person i work with is different and and i love it because everybody's on their own journey they're you know there's no right or wrong there's no time frames i don't you know it's, it's your journey. And I, I think everything in our life happens for reasons. You know, I love how Tony Robbins, when he talks, he's like, 
everything I've been through in my life with my mom, the abuse, everything, I'm thankful. I thank my mom for all that I went through because I would not be who I am today. I would never be on stages talking to you. I would never be doing what I'm doing had I not been through all the trauma I'd been through. So I look at, you know, the same thing too. Like I will never say poor me. I mean, you know, my first husband tried to kill me. I, I would never say any of these things that I've been through, like poor me, I am not the victim. I have forgiven everything, but now I'm able since I've healed to turn around and help other people, you know, find their healing and know that it's possible to work through, you know, so you can live the life that you desire to live. Yeah, I completely agree. And do you think there's a possibility of getting people to that place sooner so they don't have to wait so long? Or do you think everyone's on their own timeline and they have to go through the things in life? In some cases, I had a conversation with someone about this recently. Do they have to hit rock bottom in order to do that healing? Or is there a way in which we can facilitate this? Kind of like you did with your children, for example. I know that one of your children said he had some issues with drugs right, and alcohol, right. right? But there could have been a pretty challenging outcome for many of the others had you not intervened. So is there a way to get people to that place sooner? Everybody's different. There's different personality types. There's some people that can learn by hearing other people's things, right? And and I would say for the most part, yes, there is ways to get the people there sooner. But then you have some people who just aren't ready to find the healing or anything, even if they say they do. So those are the ones that are a little bit harder to to work with. And I have worked with those that are hard, like you're saying, like, oh my goodness, they're they're never going to listen, right? They're never going to, they're just not going to crack. They're just, they're just going to be stubborn and they're just going to stay in their ways. But the more I have talked with people like this and work with people like this and, and they feel the safe spot, there's just something about that safety when you have someone that believes in you, genuinely believes in you, and, and, and sees the good in you and, it, and it's a completely safe spot for, for them to share. To me, that's priceless because when, when you're with someone, like you're saying, that's very hard to crack and to break and they don't trust and, and, and they, they, they come to that, like I'm saying, like nine times out of 10, that they have huge breakthroughs faster than you would have thought possible. I can't guarantee that with anybody, obviously, right? But I'm saying, but when you can get someone to that spot and they're able to then face whatever it is that's going on inside of them and, and, and even be able to share it to try to make sense of it. Sometimes they just have to get to that place of, you know, it's just a safe spot that they can even talk out loud because they don't even really know. They're just angry and they're just, there's like 500 things that come out when they start talking, right? But then usually everything that somebody goes through, you'll, you probably may have heard this before, it's usually like five to seven levels deep. It's not really what's on the surface. You know, you might be angry because your boyfriend left. You might be angry, you know, because you, you lost your job or whatever. You could be angry about something and be festering on it. But really, when you sit down and talk and you're venting and you're anger and you just you, you just keep going one level deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. And then you get like five to seven levels deep. And that's really the root of what you're angry about. And so when you can hit that and, and touch on that and find that spot. And, and work through that and then know that's why I said I don't coach people the same because I don't know what that spot's going to be you know what I'm saying I don't know when we start talking and we break it all the way down and then I'm really listening and like oh okay so you're upset because when you were a child you watched your dad walk out when you were two years old and you haven't seen him again or talked about it and you have all this anger and fear and so now you leave every relationship before things can you self-sabotage and you leave first because you already feel like that's how things are going to be. And they're like, yes, that's it. That's exactly what I'm That's, that's, you know, and then, so then whenever they see that and they realize that you can work through the, through it, it, at least, it doesn't mean that you're not going to, they're not going to maybe have those, those thoughts sometimes, but at least there's tools they can understand like, 
okay, I'm feeling this way. Like I'm feeling anxious. Like I need to leave this relationship before they leave me because of my abandonment issues. And so I feel like when, when, you know, like knowledge is power. So the more that they know, like I said, going through my course, who am I? When you know yourself, the good and the bad, and you know things that maybe are your weaknesses, when they come up, you're able to be like, oh, okay. Yeah, I got to work on that because, you know, I, you know, I, I, I procrastinate whenever I feel like I'm being pushed in a corner, but I know this has to be done. Can't procrastinate. You identify and you, you're able to, you know, find tools to help you move forward. Yeah, absolutely. I could not agree more. And you do personal training. So you've probably seen this a thousand times over with health and fitness coaching as well. I see it with my clients all the time. I never tell anyone the reason that they're not in shape is because they love food and they don't love exercise. It's never that, you know, there's many, many people in this world who are exactly like that are in great shape. And right. as you mentioned, you've just got to dig that layer deeper, that layer deeper and being a willing to go there, but be willing to actually recognize that there is something below below the surface. You know, so many people tell me, oh, I'm just a foodie. I'm like, you're not just a foodie. Like you might enjoy food, but there's something deeper there because of so many of us do enjoy food, but so many of us can also have some self-control and ability to manage that as well. So I think that digging that layer deeper and that layer deeper is always absolutely key. And something you've mentioned there is that one of the big, big pieces of people going through their healing journey is having someone there. Do you think that that's absolutely necessary because I think that once you have the tools, like in my past, I've gone to hypnotherapists, cognitive behavioral therapists, and now I'm at a stage where I have the tools in which I can do the work if I notice some of these things creep in. But when I got started, I don't think I would have ever been able to do that. However, you're someone who sounds like you kind of did the healing work on your own. I know that you were invested in your studying, but also you recommend other people to have someone facilitate them through that. So which do you think is the best form? Do you really think that people need to go and see what someone to help them get through the certain things in their life? I feel like, you know, we go through, we go to coaches for all kinds of reasons. Like, you know, if, if you're a golfer and you want to get better, you're going to go get a golf instructor because they're going to see you swing and be like, oh, okay, you need to adjust this, adjust this, adjust this. You know, you think nothing of getting a coach. We get coaches for all kinds of things in life. And, and, and you can see, you know, if somebody, you're, if your kid plays baseball and, you know, you're in high school and you want that kid to get recruited for the college team, you're out there getting coaches for your son and batting coaches and this because you're wanting to see them get better. It really, to me, is no different than um, could somebody get there on their own? Uh, absolutely, you could. But it's so much better if you have a coach, right? Could, you know, if you have the natural talent, like your kid played baseball, but they never had a coach, they could they could be a great player. I mean, they, they could be good, but it might be the difference of of them getting um, a scholarship in college to play and not getting one had they had a coach or not had a coach, Absolutely, right? Because yeah. they're good, but now they're now they have a coach and now it's great. So like you could live a good life trying to figure things out and taking your time and trying to heal and trying to do these things. Or you could live a great, extraordinary life and, and be just crushing all your goals and every area of your life is like, oh my goodness, my relationships are great. My job is great. Like, you know, you're just, so I, I do, I do believe it does. It is great to have a coach. Um, I've had a life coach. I have a friend for the past four years. He's been a best friend and he has been my cheerleader. And so I know what it's like to have someone when you just look at your cell phone and it says, you're a champion, you've got this, I believe in you. I mean, those words, I mean, you're just like, okay, I, I can finish writing my book. You know, there were times in writing my book that he would see I was getting tired. I've never written a book. And, 
when I was writing my book, I paid this company that I didn't realize they were out of the country and I paid them $8,000 and it ended up being a scam. So they did help me through the first part, but really they didn't help me with anything. And so I got to the point when I'm like, I was getting frustrated because I did everything myself, everything. I wrote everything myself. I had to edit it myself. I had to format it myself. And, and you know, I'm on YouTube trying to Google how to do all these things. So I had that moment of where I could have just quit and said, okay, I can't pay another $8,000. That's on my credit cards. I still have to pay off. Or I could just, you know, rise up and, and just, you know, do the best that I can and, and put it out there. Having him as my cheerleader, having him as that person who, even though he's not a life coach, he has done lots of corporate coaching, having him there. I, I know I would not be where I'm at today had I not had him in my life because he will tell me, you know, you can only work on three things at a time. And what are you working on? And, you know, you've got to set this aside. It's too much. And he would just guide me and, and he would believe in me. And, and he still will send me texts. I believe in you. Like I, be, I believe in you. The sky is the limit. You're like all the things that he knows are my desires. Like he'll, he'll say that. So when you know, you have someone believing in you, it's a lot easier on days when you feel like you don't want to show up. It's a lot easier to show up for yourself. It's a lot easier to be like, okay, I'm not feeling this, but I know I have somebody to give an account to. And so I'm going to show up. I'm going to get up. I'm going to write on my book. I'm going to do my to-do list where otherwise I might just want to get in my bed and be like, okay, this is too much. I don't want to do this. So I, for myself, and when I've seen people, I, I think absolutely having somebody to, to help guide you. It doesn't have to be forever. I mean, when I got my life coach, I just came out of divorce. I didn't have the money. Life coaching is not cheap. And I put on a credit card and I only did six weeks and I did a six week program. That's all I could do. And that literally changed the entire course of my life because then from there I started, you know, reading things and podcasts and, and investing in myself. And, you know, it just, it just got me a good foundation to, you know, to be able to, guide myself in the right direction instead of keep going to the wrong direction yeah i absolutely love that and i think there's so much power in getting that extra support and i say to so many people with the health and fitness journey it's like i am your map when you get your side on your journey you might have a rough idea of where you want to go but i'm your gps telling you this is the best way this is how i'm going to guide you down this path and this path and i know that on this path, there's a lot of traffic. And I know that this one, there might be a detour, but you don't know that without a map. You're just going down there blind and you might get to your destination, but there's a good chance that without that map, there's a fair chance you won't. And most people don't, to be completely honest. And it's sometimes so simple to just say, well, actually, I don't need the GPS forever because once I know how to get there, I might remember and be able to go there. And ultimately, I'm at my destination as well. So now it's just deciding where do I want to go next and making sure I've got a plan for there. But I think that, yeah, there's so much power in just taking someone on board and like, Again, taking a little bit of that stigma away from it and not looking at life coaching or therapy as something that is a bad thing and something I need because I'm quote unquote broken. But like you said, it's actually a way to improve yourself. That's what you would do in any sport or any venture in yes. life. So I absolutely love that as well. And I do have a question that's been on my mind since you started talking, which is, do you still believe in marriage? Now that you've obviously experienced two divorces, some challenging relationships through your life, and you've also got an enormous support system in your friends and in who you are as a person now, do you still believe in marriage? And is that something you see for your future? Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. So one of the things that I can remember at 12 years old that I've always wanted was to be loved by a man. And through my counseling with, with my counselors, people I've been through, you know, like you've never truly been loved by a man. Just, you know, it's just the, the relationships I picked, 
They just weren't, I'm not saying they're bad people. We weren't good together. You know, sometimes it's like you can have two people that could be good, but together you're not good. But I was in places in life that I was, I wasn't being authentic to who I am. I wasn't being true to who I am. I was, I, I didn't fix me. I didn't know who I was. So how, if you, if you don't know who you are, how do you show up every day authentic? Cause you need to show up authentic to attract what's for you. Okay. So because we attract who we are, what we are, you know, so when you're, when you're showing up as somebody else and you're showing up as, you know, who knows who you are, you're just, you're just there, you're existing, then you just attract whatever comes your way. You're just attracting because it's, it's not necessarily what's for you. And so once I've been able to heal and get through all of this stuff and I've taken this eight years and now I take it very seriously. So when I do, and I've, I've gone on a few dates and here and there, but I, I know like what I know my value. I know my worth. I know the kind of person I want to spend the rest of my life. I know these things and I'm not going to settle. So if I go on a date with somebody and I know that for whatever reason, it has nothing that you're not a bad person. I just know what I'm looking for. I'm not going to, what do you want to say? I'm not going to, um, I'm not going to cave. I'm not going to like say, I'm not going to just put my standards down because somebody has money or somebody has this or somebody, cause I've had lots of men I've gone on dates with that I would never have to work another day in my life ever, but that's not where I'm at. I want to find true love. I want to still be able to do my, my business and my thing. And one of the things I did learn this year, cause I'm always learning, we never arrive. So you have to, people have to understand, you know, you're never know everything. I'm always going to be learning and growing. And I, this was my year to realize what it means to be a queen and I never knew what that was. I never knew as a female, as a woman, what it means to be a queen, to know your value, to know your worth, how you walk, how you talk, how you act, how you command a room. We don't talk about people. We don't gossip. We, we just have a higher standard. But whenever a woman wants a king as a husband, wants to have a king, you need to groom yourself to be a queen because kings look for queens. So my whole life, I wasn't grooming to be a queen. I didn't work on myself. I I knew what I wanted. I knew the exact kind of guy that I wanted who is a king, who's going to protect, care for me, provide for me, encourage me, love me, be my partner, you know, in, in all the things that I want. But I, you know, I was never putting myself in a place to be like, Okay, I'm a queen. And, you know, back in the day, they would groom these girls for years to go before the king, you know, on, on how, you know, how they need to present themselves and be. And so I've taken this time instead of being, oh, my goodness, poor me, I've never been alone and I don't like this to really invest in myself. And what do I like and what makes me happy and, you know, making my house decorated like my castle and things that bring me joy and things that you know, make me a better person and not caving for that. And in, in the, in the right timing, I will find the right person. So I am not out like just, um, just seeking and looking for, you know, just whatever I'm, I'm building my business. I know myself love. I'm, I'm trying to stay in my lane, no comparing myself to anybody being the best person I can be. And I know in the right time, I will find that partner and I'll, I'll just end with this on this one thing because it, this I like stories. I like to you know build a picture or something. So I tell people every every cell in your body's energy. I mean that's just a fact. It's energy. And so let's just say if every cell in your body was on all cylinders working, that you would be a fireball. Like you would be this complete round fireball because everything is popping. Everything's popping. Okay, everything's perfect in your life. Everything is there. You know, and I think of that as being where I'm trying to be when I say create my best life. But if you have unforgiveness, that fireball is immediately cut in half. When you haven't forgiven other people, forgiven yourself, you're rehearsing these things in your head every day, 
Because when you rehearse these things in your head every day, your brain doesn't know if it's happening in the moment or it already happened. You're just torturing yourself. So you're not showing up as this full fireball. That's already in half. And then you, and then there's other things that could be weighing you down. And so before most people just show up this little sliver, like they don't even really know who they are. There's just, there's really not a lot of energy there. And, and they're looking for their, they're looking for their, their soulmate, their perfect person, but they're not even showing up their true, full, authentic self. They haven't worked through their stuff. They haven't become so. I'm looking to attract someone who is the full fireball and I'm the full fireball. And I tell people that's like a power couple. You know, you have these people you see and you're just like, how is that possible? Like how they just walk in the room and you're like, who is that? Like, you know, and, and I love that when you can see that the gen it's genuine, it's, it's authentic. It's, it's not trying, it's not, there's no ego in it. There's no, I'm so amazing. Look at me. I'm great. I'm better than you. There's zero that it, it, it's, it's the opposite. It's just knowing I've been through hell sideways 500 times. Like I, I, I understand I've come through and I've worked on myself and it's, I, I put the blood, sweat, tears, everything into creating the best version of myself. And why would I expect anything less when I date than the best version of, you know, being with someone who's the best version of their self. People say, oh, you know, divorce rate, 50% first marriage, 60% second marriage, 70% third marriage. You're going on your third. That's 70% Valerie. I said, okay, but first of all, people jump from one relationship to the next like I did. You know, I was, I was married, divorced, six months later, married. I, there was no healing. There was no getting rid of my baggage. There was no, you know, I'm just taking my baggage from one to the next to the next. So I've taken eight years to invest and get rid of my baggage. So why would I just jump in with somebody who hasn't done that? Why would I just accept anything? So when you're saying, yes, I believe in marriage. Yes, I believe in love. And I know mine's coming but I also know it's going to be the right person. So it's not, it might take time and I don't know when or how it's going to happen. But when it does happen, I know it will be my forever because I, again, I've taken the time to invest and to know and, and, and do my diligence in what I can do in, in finding the person that's right for me. Yeah, I truly have no doubt about that at all. And everything you said about relationships, I could not agree more with. And they're the type of things that I talk about as well. I found the woman that I plan to spend the rest of my life with last year. And I went through a similar journey. A lot of people ask me, now, like, well, how do you find that person? I'm like, well, you've got these standards for who you want this person to be trust the right woman or the right man is also going to have those standards. So whilst you're single, rather than focusing on wasting your time with people who you know that you're not going to have a long-term relationship, if that's what you want, focus on being the type of person that when that person arrives into your life, you're ready. You know, they see you for who right. you are. Like mm -hmm. you said, you are those two mm -hmm. full power balls. You're not anything less of yourself. They see you for your value. They see you for your worth because you've done the work. You spent that time and you're not letting like seeps of energy slip out because you're worrying about this person or you're wondering if anyone likes you. You're actually going into those dates and being like, well, do I like this person? Not do they like me? You know, I know I like me. I know that I've done my work and I couldn't agree more with that. And it's a funny story because of once I told myself that if the person who I'm supposed to be with doesn't come into my life for the next five or 10 years, I'm going to be okay with that. I'm going to have more time to prepare. I've got mm -hmm. a lot of beautiful things going on in my life. And then literally three weeks later, she turns up, you know, and I'm like, that was, <laughs> yeah. that's what life needed from right. me. And I needed to get to that place of acceptance and not being willing right. to settle. And then it came along. So I couldn't agree more. And I love that you've gone through that and you're at the place that you are now. And I have no doubt of it at all. And something that's pretty inspiring as well, Valerie, is the age that you're at and the ambition that you have as well. And I know that so many of us in our twenties, our thirties, our forties are very, very conscious 
of the clock. You know, we feel it, you know, chasing us down. We feel that we need to be a success by the time that we're 30, we're 40. How have you been able to have such a positive outlook and uh, optimistic and ambitious outlook at being in your 50s now? It feels like, you know, you've got the mindset and the approach that someone in their teenage years would have. So how have you been able to foster that? Because I think that could be a really <laughs> valuable learning for many people. You know, I've just, I've realized to just, love myself and know, okay, this is where I'm starting at. I can't check. I can't change or fix the past. I can't either. I'm just going to be a victim and say, well, I don't have retirement. I don't have this because I'm going to blame it because I had this divorce and I had this and I had this happen and this bankruptcy and all these things happen. So it's just what, it's just what it is. See, I, I don't, I don't have that in me. So knowing, okay, yes, all of this is horrible. All of this is like, but I can identify that, but that, but I want to go here. So how do I get here? So I'm just going to keep my eyes on moving forward on, on the prize, on the things that I can do on the things that I have control over in. Um, and I show up for myself every single day. And I've been doing this for eight years and I literally have been showing up for myself every single day for eight years to be a life coach, to be a public speaker, to write books. And it's just now happening. And I've been showing up for myself every day in some form for eight years and it takes time and it takes persistence. And again, when you know yourself and you know your purpose and you know your passion, for me, it I think it makes it easier to have that faith and knowing because I'm on, I'm not forcing anything. I'm on my path. Like it, 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 it just, it's something I would do if I didn't, if I even didn't get paid, you know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's, it's what I'm here to do. It's what I'm meant to do. So when I, when I'm doing it, I don't feel like that it's work. And I feel like, um, it just feels right. So I, I don't really know if I'm answering that question correctly, but I, I just feel like, you know, you, you never know. Like, I guess I was talking to somebody the other day about this. They're like, oh, you know, your age and saying that. And I said, yes, but we've had this whole COVID thing and all these things. And how many people died in their 20s and 30s? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's very true. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like they think they're planning or, or you know, nobody's guaranteed tomorrow, no matter what your age is. So when I say, okay, yeah, I'm 52 and I still want to do all these things. I want to travel the world. I want to be on speaking on stages in different countries. I want my books in multiple languages. I want to have at least 10 books written in the next five years. I have all of these things that I'm doing and I'm going for. And I just get up every day, show up for myself. And, and I just do. And it, I don't look at it as an age thing or anything else. I just look at this is what's in my heart to accomplish and to do and to put out there. And I'm just going to show up every single day. And if something were to happen and I were to pass, then at least I know every day I, I, I made a difference and I, I was I was doing what I love doing. Yeah, I love that. And there isn't any time when you get to a birthday and you're a little bit like, mm, you know, it's, you know, another year. You don't face that at all at this moment. You know, my birthday was March 30th. Ah, happy birthday. And I turned 52. And I have, I thank you. I, I've changed my view on that because I did. You know, as, as a woman, you're like seeing lines and wrinkles and, and different things. And you're just can be very hard on yourself. If, if you get tied up into social media in, in, in all of, you know, celebrities and all of that, you can really be hard on yourself. But I have really with my mindset and my meditations and my positive speaking, I've realized that it is a blessing. Not everybody makes it to 52. So I have changed my framework on how I look at getting older. And I'm thankful that I made it to 52 and I'm going to continue to, to be the best. So I'm going to continue to take care of my body, my mind, my spirit, everything. I'm going to continue to do the best that I can do. Um, so I can live a long, happy, healthy life. But, um, but again, every single year that I'm given another year, I've just chosen to say, I'm thankful. I'm thankful that, you know, I made it to this age because how many people don't get to make it to this age. And, you know, 
I think it's, it's, it's your attitude and how you come at it. Because I know people that are, that I know that are 25, 30 years old. And when you're around them, they act older than me and they'll even tell you I'm an old soul. Like I, you know, I'm, 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 I'm hurting and I'm aching and I'm this and I'm that. And that. like, and you're just going, you sound like you're like 80 years old. And like, I feel like I'm 80 years old. I said, well, I feel like I'm 25. So I can still do cartwheels and things, you know, I still can do handstands and I still compete. And, and so, um, it really does your, your energy, your positivity, all of that is, you know, it, it, it plays a role in, I believe, into your happiness, into your purpose, into your overall well-being every single day in your life. Yeah, I can imagine. And I hope that there's many 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, and 80 years old and above listening today and taking inspiration from that as well. And I've got a final few questions for you today, Valerie. The first one I want to go through is what does looking after yourself and showing up as your best self look like on a practical level? What are the things that you do almost day to day or week to week that ensure that you are your very, very best? So I work out six days a week, no matter what. I, I do even even on days I don't feel like it. I just know it's good for me. It's good for my bones. Weight resistance is good. So even on days, so there's days I don't feel like it, and I I have to play mind games. Okay, from two to three o'clock, you're going to be in the gym and you're going to be doing something. You know, so I just have to get myself there. I show up and I'm there. And a lot of times those become my best workouts because I just showed up. I show up for myself in you know in in you know I I I'm careful on what I eat because as we get older, if we're not careful. It's, it's easier to, um, to rack up the, you know, the pounds. And so I show up for myself, even though I love food, I I'm, I'm with anybody. Like I love, I love nachos and burgers, like all the stuff you shouldn't have. I love in, like, just like the next person does, but I show up for myself with having a basic meal plan that I follow 80% of the time, you know, and, and, and eating in moderation. I, every single day I am always trying to, you know, try new things. So I don't ever want to get to a place in my life that my life is so routine because there's no growth happening. So I, I show up for myself in, in doing new activities and in trying new things. And I just got myself into a couple new ladies networking groups and I'm on the panel next or in two weeks, I'm on a panel to be one of the ladies that's on stage talking when I get asked to do things and maybe it's not something I would just. I'm sure if I usually say yes, I show up and I'm going to at least give it a try. I'm going to at least, um, you know, give it a valid try to see if it's something I do or I don't like. So there's a lot of ways you can show up for yourself every single day, but I, you know, every single day I wake up and it's like, okay, what, what is today going to bring for me? Who am I going to meet? Who am I going to get to talk to? What experiences are going to happen? What opportunities are going to open up and just living outside that comfort zone? Yeah, I love that. And Valerie, a couple of final questions for you. And the first one I've got is what impact do you want to have on the world with the work that you do? So the impact that I want to have, the one thing, and I have a book coming out about this, is I want to help people to unleash their inner superhero. We all have one. And that's the the, the true you, the, the person, you, you know, when you were like that 10-year-old child, that you could just be authentic and true to who you were. And so I want for people to realize, you know, I want people to think about what that means for them. What, what does being authentic look like for them? Who are they not? I mean, for myself too, and I think it's very common. We're, we're raised by good intentions from parents, teachers, authority figures, telling people who they are and what they are. And maybe that in your mind, that's not what you feel like you want to be, but you don't want to let people down. So 
I've talked to so many people that have college degrees in areas of life they don't even want a college degree in because they were just told from childhood that this is what you're going to be, this is what you're going to do. Or they're in sports that they're playing because they were told you're going to be this, you're going to be this sports player and you're going to go to college and you're going to, they're told from childhood, like, so you're just conditioned in so many ways to be told, you know, like me telling people telling me that I was shy all the time because they didn't realize I wasn't shy. I was hurting because my dad passed away, what I had seen and I was having panic attacks. I didn't want to talk about it. So I was, you know, labeled as shy, but I was far from shy, you know, but you're, you're labeled these things. And so getting to a place that you're able to figure out who, who are you to your core? That's my main thing. Like, who are you? Because pulling out that authentic self, what gifts are inside of you? What talents are inside of you? Maybe your gifts and talents, you don't even know yet because you haven't even tried them because you haven't even given yourself the, you don't, you don't even have the self-confidence or the courage to even try yet because you, you haven't worked on yourself. So it, it all is a foundation that starts with knowing who you are and in getting that self-love and that self-confidence, because then that opens up your confidence level, your courage levels, and you try new things and just becoming that best version of yourself. So that is my main, like, you know, when I say maximizing life, people are like, that's going to become a movement. And by that movement would be unleash your inner superhero and be your authentic self. I couldn't agree more. And I really, really love the mission that you're on with that. And if those who are listening today are super interested in getting involved in maximizing their life, where is the best place for them to find you and to find the book? So I made it pretty easy. So maximizinglife.com is my main website. And again, it's spelled M-A-K-S-Y-M like my last name. And then all my handles that I have on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, I just use Maximizing Life so people can find that easily um, there. And the book is on Amazon. That's the easiest way to get it. Perfect. I'll make sure that all of those are in the description below for those listening. But today, Valerie, it's been an amazing conversation. So thank you so much for coming on, sharing your wisdom. And I'm sure that this isn't the last we're going to hear of you. So, well, thank you for having me. I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. And that was the Simply Fit Podcast. I hope you gained a huge amount of value from today's episode. I feel inspired to improve your health and well-being. Be sure to search for Simply Fit in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, or anywhere else you get your podcasts from. And go ahead and subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Also, if you like the episode, please don't forget to give it a five-star rating. I'd love to hear your feedback or any questions you have. So reach out to me on social media. You'll find me on Facebook and Instagram at Elliot Hassoun. Thank you so much for listening. And I look forward to talking with you all on the next one.